We are Wrestling Elitist. I'm your co-host, Alex Gibson, alongside the babyface, Sean Nash. What's going on, Sean? Hello, hello, everyone. I want to be the first to wish you a merry uh, 420 Eve. Happy happy tidings to all. Grab that pre-show and light it up. Uh, Always thinking of the people and thinking of the holidays. I love it, Sean. You got to. Um, Happy Easter, As you may notice, yes, happy Easter and Passover. Passover Um, to all of our friends and fam. And as you may notice, we are missing uh, Chris Moore this week. Uh, he is in COVID protocol, so we're hoping that uh, he'll he'll get better soon. But um, I think Sean and I, we've narrowed it down to the uh, the drinking water in Auburn Hills is keeping us safe week by week. Uh, exactly. We've, we've managed to stay clean. There's three things you can count on in wrestling life. Death, Tony Khan having a huge announcement this week, and me being here for you fans because I'll never, never step away. Never be sick. Watch next Man, week. I'm, next week, we're going to hu- get in a huge fight. I'm going to quit the show. You'll never hear from me again. That's how it's going to go. Going out in a blaze of glory. I love it. Um, well, first of all, I want to thank everybody for coming back and listening to yet another week of the podcast. If you'd like to support us in other ways, please make sure that you're uh, submitting a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and passing it along to your friends. Uh, also, check us out on Twitter and Instagram, Wrestling Elitist Podcasts, uh, and then also checking out our website, WrestlingElitist.com, for our latest match reviews and articles. I am currently working on probably the most important piece of my life, which is uh, I'm going to be petitioning for Jade Cargill to let me, Sean, and Chris be in her baddies section when we go to the Detroit show uh, in June. So please make sure that you get that trending. Uh, little Bruiser, I know you've got a lot of time on your hands now that you're not tweeting at Tony Khan every day for... AEW to Detroit. So would love to uh, have the support of not only him, but all of our fans. We're definitely some baddies. We're definitely some baddies. Can't, can't deny that. You can't. And, uh, and we won't be denied to be honest. So uh, Sean, why don't you uh, go ahead and let everyone know what uh, the plan is for the week? Um, Every week we give you our match of the week, moment of the week, news item of the week, something cringy from the week, and then leave you off with what we're looking forward to in the weeks and months to come. Yes, and uh, man, last week I said there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot to cringe at, but boy, this did week, we make up for it this week. I tested it hard, definitely. Oof. Yeah, you know, be careful what you ask for. Um, but also, I think looking at the start of this week, looking at just Dynamite, there was a couple of things that I didn't love, but which we'll get into. When you looked at Wednesday, knowing that we then had a live rampage on Friday, and then Battle of the Belts on Saturday. I I left Wednesday night on a high and was ready to I was like, oh man, this is gonna be an insane week. Took a little bit of a nosedive, um, and made me a little bit not like wrestling towards the end of it. But we'll get into it. Yeah, so, they definitely uh, uh oh. they they failed at uh keeping up the uh, the strong five week span, it seems like it's been of just great wrestling, in person live wrestling. It had to come to an end, but yeah, we'll we'll get to those cringes later. Yep, yep, and the uh, the momentum slowed down, but the momentum doesn't slow down here. So let's get right into it. Match of the week, Sean. Let's start off positive. What did you love this week? I love the way we started off the week with uh, CM Punk defeating uh, Penta Oscuro. Even Alex Abrahentis can't ruin this match. Um, the crowd was hot from the beginning. Everyone was so loud to start this week. Once they started going for the 
chops for chops. It was just getting even louder and louder. Um, CM Punk showing off some lucha moves is great. He's shown off some like MMA style in his tenure at AEW, some um, old school, some new Japan style. So he's really kind of showing all his little uh, variety of skills that he's got there. Um, we finally saw a little nasty fall as he sells the knee in the match. Uh, couldn't even take an Irish whip, just really, really selling it hard till a little later once he kind of forgets about it. Um, Penta has, I think, the greatest swing blade move of all of them. A lot of people are starting to do it. Seth Rollins has started taking it in. Finn. But Finn, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Finn, was it Finn thinking to Seth Rollins do it? I don't know. Can't I think Seth, that. yeah, I think Seth did too, but, but it was definitely a Finn move. Yeah. The way Penta just whips right at the end, it's just such a perfect visual. Um, we're finally getting that arm breaker where he snaps it in the, uh, AEW realm. That was probably one of the best things about Lucha Underground in the end of it all. Punk had a great transition to the Anaconda Vice in that, just showing off those MMA, uh, years weren't really such a waste after all. A lot of running knees and GTS attempts. Uh, the last one we see uh, Penta getting a sick reversal, capturing that that leg there. The Cerro Miedo to the face was perfect. CM Punk's reaction, flawless. Um, and then it just led into a perfect, fast fury of an end. A uh, little springboard into the GTS. One, two, three. Perfect ending. Chris in the text, um, I believe, mentioned it was just such a very lucha Lucha fuel, fueled match and felt like it, and definitely was kind of got the uh, the blood running for what was a hot Wednesday of wrestling. What did you think, Alex? Yeah, and I, I love when they start uh, a show off with a hot match, and that was that was a perfect way to start off the show and really set the tone for what we we're going to be seeing the rest of the rest of the uh, the episode. I thought, uh, first of all, yeah, very heavy on the Lucha side. This isn't my own thought, but I saw some people talking about like the whole way that they did the chanting back and forth to kind of start it and getting the crowd super into it. That's very much uh, more of a like a Lucha Libre, like in Mexico, they go, they go with that style. So it's kind of cool to see them lean into that. Totally. I actually saw on Twitter uh, that Pentagon has said that he would like to face CM Punk for a rematch in Mexico. So I would love to see that and see how that goes. But it's been really cool to see Punk get to wrestle all these styles. And I think that this match kind of made me realize what makes AEW special. Um, it's what remind it reminds me of MMA back in like the mid 2000s before it was really what it is now. And, and it became, you know, where everybody knows everything. Um, and it was kind of like you would see somebody and they'd be like, this guy's a Muay Thai guy and this guy is a striker or whatever, like you know, there'd, there'd be like two different specialties and you would get to see those styles mesh together. Yeah. And that's what's so cool about AEW is you actually get to see that. Whereas in WWE, it's even if it's a luchador, it's a luchador wrestling the WWE style or, or same thing with a striker. It's a striker doing it in the WWE style where here you get to see just a lot more variety. And I think that that's what makes it special. And I, I think if I had to really nail down why I can't get back into WWE, despite having a great time at, uh, WrestleMania. It's beyond the storytelling sometimes being a little off. It's that. It's that every match, even when they're different, it's still kind of the same for me. Uh, but yeah, I thought that it was great. First of all, loved the finish, the uh, the springboard into the GTS. That was that was beautiful. It kind of made it feel like almost, you know, CM Punk kind of snuck away with a win, but not in a dirty way, right? Right. Um, so you had that. Um, 
that spot on the top rope, I'm assuming that that had to be a botch, right? And then he I just, think it was. Then he just sold it. He sold it at that point. Yeah. Because um, that, no that was ugly otherwise. Yeah. It would have been weird to to do that. But good on them for selling it and keeping it going and it, it being a part of the story until you, like you said, where Punk kind of <laughs> forgot. Um, you know, it looks like he forgot which which leg he told the medical marijuana doctor his knee hurt or whatever. He's like, I, I don't remember. Yeah, just shit, then, shit. <laughs> That's- uh, but uh, yeah, so overall, that was a, that was a strong match for me. I think when I look back at Dynamite, I had three or four matches that I could have chosen. It was uh, that match, um, and then you know the the four the, the tag match of um, Swerve, Keith Lee, Ricky Starks, and um, powerhouse Hobbs that I could have chosen, but uh, I ended up going with Samoa Joe versus uh, Minoru Suzuki. And that match was exactly what a Minoru Suzuki match is. Um, I felt like we talked about it last week where there's part of me that feels that Minoru Suzuki now, I think is what Owen four in AEW. They kind of treat it like he's a big deal when he comes out, but he never wins. Um, and I was, I was going into it thinking that Jay lethal was going to cost, uh, Samoa Joe that match uh, was not the case. You know, Samoa Joe got the clean finish with the uh, the muscle buster, which was good to see that that move again. Um, but uh, overall, just a just a slap fest. Uh, man, Joe's body was just first of all, just his whole body was really red. It looked like he just was like <laughs> at a it looks like he was like in a room that just had like red led lights on right uh, it's me and <laughs> me and the florida uh summer heat that'd be just sunburnt <laughs> as hell and he's blown out yeah he just he looked he was a just yeah red and um but like the chops to his chest i don't know if you saw the bruising kind of near his neck oh yeah that was brutal i oh man i hope he didn't have to like you know do the pledge of allegiance the next few days uh putting his hand to his chest out of hurt <laughs> Uh, but, uh, just a, a good match. It was exactly what we saw Minoru Suzuki doing in, uh, when we were in, you know, down in Dallas a few weeks ago, but I think Joe is such a good match for that because they're, they're punishing each other. Uh, and, and it's fun to get to see, um, Minoru Suzuki doing that in front of a, such a large American audience, which it's m- much louder than in, uh, in Japan, especially right now, because I think they're still not allowed to chant or cheer at uh, shows in Japan. I, I don't think know. So. Yeah, totally claps. Um, so for me, it was just a uh, it was a very classic Minoru Suzuki match that like just made me happy that people got to see that because I, I as much as I liked his match against Mox, I think that this one was a better showing of who Minoru is. What, what were your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, just like you said, those chops in the beginning. I I rewatched it just before we started recording and kind of forgot how brutal and punishing of a match it was just because of the the ending of the show that we had to see but the the punishment they both took with those chops both were red within the first two minutes of it it was definitely a roh kind of field match how you kind of said it was a uh minoru suzuki new japan style where there was just straight straight attacks not the the glitz and glamour of aew they might see in a match and i love that um, I was talking with uh, Lil Bruiser Scott, friend of the show, um, just about kind of having the ROH world or TV title as your main event on your main flagship show kind of, I feel like, cheapens your earlier tag team match that you had on there. So that kind of, there were some things that took me out of it, but you can't not watch that match for what it was and just be like, 
that was a great match wherever you put it on the the lineup it would have been a great match and i don't want to take anything away from what was samoa joe's what first time obtaining the uh, tv title was that what they were saying I think it was his first time with the TV title and his first ROH title in like 17 years or something crazy. That's like crazy. That. Like, uh, just I'm so thankful he's back in a, a wrestling company that is wrestling, not sports entertainment. Yeah, it felt like we were actually seeing a Joe that we never really truly got to see in in and even in NXT, which you know NXT yeah. they let them kind of be themselves. There, it still is a lot more indie style, but. This was a Joe that we haven't really seen in a long time. So the the character that he developed and probably in ROH, I didn't really watch back then. But when I was kind of getting into wrestling in TNA, when he was just such a badass, this is feels like feels like we're picking up just right back from there. Just a little older. The Samoan submission machine loved him back in the day. Mm. Um, And and I want to, you know, I I mentioned it right before I I said what my match of the week was, but I just want to bring up that tag match between Starks, Hobbs, and uh, Keith Lee and and Swerve. That match, I had so much fun with it. First of all, Ricky Starks, I love the way that they treat people like stars when Mm. they're in their hometown. Hometown boy. You could see he didn't even do his full pose because he was too busy, like trying not to smile as a bad guy, right? Uh, and, and I just think that he's a guy, I know that they've been slow with him because of his, uh, neck neck injury and it takes like a full year after surgery for you to fully recover. So they've kind of just like slow rolled him being back into wrestling, but man, is he, uh, I love him. I, I cannot get enough of Ricky Starks. Yeah. We, we, I think we've been kind of clamoring for it for so long since the neck injury has been almost just right from the jump, once he got into uh, AEW, I think he even came over from NWA with some lingering issues. But he, yeah, he's definitely a star in the making, or nearly there. He is just oozes charisma. There's just his moves are flawless. There's double his the speed of his spear. Just something that you missed from back in the day when you saw some spears. Yes. And like the way that he launches off on the spear. So it's not just like running a running tackle. It's like a meet I'll I'll meet you midair type of a thing, which makes me want to see because I believe it was actually funny enough since he uses a spear, but I'm pretty sure I've seen Roman Reigns take a spear. And when he took it, he kind of jumped up right as he got hit. So he really sold it well. And if you were to match that with a Ricky Starks diving into the spear, uh, actually that'd probably be a new big bang. Uh, yeah. Now that Hollywood gold. <laughs> that's, that's perfect. Perfect. Uh, timing. Yeah. Any, the Rochambeau fantastic move. Love the name. Um, what's his nickname too? like drip daddy or, uh, the stroke yeah. daddy stroke daddy. Just he's fantastic. He, he's definitely going to be over with the fans for a long time to come. Uh, when you kind of brought up, uh, the, the future stars of AEW, um, in that match, Swerve, I think, is someone who's just hand in hand with that. I traveled across the country to go to go on vacation, but mainly because there was a wrestling show that he was going to be at in his hometown for like the first time. So had to be there. Love to see it. And he was definitely one of my fan favorites since that day. And Lucha Underground, his kill shot character, he he's a little more grimy of a style than um, Ricky Starks. But I think uh, they'll both kind of have a. uh, tight race to to who's the next star of AEW. Yeah, truly. Swerve has been great. And I think it's been such an underrated signing really, because it was right 
Uh, he came, I believe, right after Keith Lee yeah, and, and just some others that have come over the last year. But I think that he's been one of the ones that's quickly integrated in as a as somebody who like, you're like, wow, this guy's got something to him. And also, I, uh, I know we like to talk about uh, people's pants here. I like those like uh, those like purple Orange with blue. the flames. Yeah, he just Is looks it? like I'm, I thought it was blue. I'm colorblind, so I'm I'm running on a, a lower spectrum here, but um, it's, it's purple. Uh, it's yeah, I believe it's purple. Oh, I do now, love it. Yeah. Now I'm wondering if I'm. I don't know. I just thought Florida Gators, so I don't know. But it is <laughs> no, a I'm pretty. Yeah, a nice it looks like uh, like almost kind of like reminds me of like an NBA Jam type. Something about it like reminds Ooh. me of like that kind of aesthetic. So I, I enjoy it. Um, and also, Chris did want us to specify that he loves CM Punk wearing trunks, not pants, while he's gone. Yeah, that was um, an interesting. Yeah, uh, like, Please make sure that you uh, say that while. While I'm gone, so just wanted to specify that for everybody. COVID um, normally fogs your brain up, but uh, thankfully, it's kind of cleared his up. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because it's his second time having second time it. around. That's it's really getting it's it clearing out things up for him. Uh, well, let's move on to our moment of the week. Um, I'll start with you, Sean. What, what did you have as your favorite favorite moment? Um, I've had it last week. I think I'll have it this week, and maybe again next week. Wardlow's quickly becoming my moment probably wrestler of the week every week. Uh, that moment is when MJF just goes up to the top rope to gloat and Jumbotron switches to the the back uh, backstage feed, security laid out. Fantastic. His quick little glimpse over like, oh shit, things could go in again. He kind of appears out of nowhere from the crowd wearing the uh, security uniform. Fantastic. Uh, Wardlow's like breaststroke swim cutting through the ring there when he uh, dove in the ring. Fantastic, fantastic work. I can't believe he got all the way through there without looking like an idiot or just kind of stumbling <laughs> there. Speaks to that that physique and that in shape he's in. Uh, and then after that, you have that Sean Spears hit that does nothing to him, smirks it off, and he just runs through that security that just seemed like it was endlessly coming and the amount of people there. Um, one of the best power bombs to, or safest, I should say, to the apron. It looked like he perfectly hit his back flat on the, the apron, mm-hmm. not like right on his spine on the corner there. So shout out to that security guard for uh, taking it well. Um, what else was there? Uh, inevitably, we get Sean Dean, Captain Sean Dean's second win over MJF, third and over the pinnacle. It's pretty crazy. They're kind of running with this little weird, um, I don't know, storyline going on with him having the, the advantage always when the chips are down for uh, MJF. Wardlow grabbing the camera at the end, just wanting wanting to get out of his contract. Perfect, perfect little um, ending to it all. And the chicken shit face of uh, MJF after he was just getting in uh, Bryce Remsburg's face for counting him out. Fantastic. Just it's it's good. It's fun. And I'll say for Chris, it's fun. It's uh, something we don't always get to see go well. Some so it's uh, nice to see. Do you have any thoughts on it, or what was your moment? Yeah, it reminded me of the kind of some of the over the top moments that I do miss from WWE, right? The, uh, like totally. that, just that whole, that whole segment was very much that, that fun of Wardlow messing with MJF, the guy who is always, you know, cheating to win and, and upsetting people. Wardlow kind of getting the best of him, you know, the whole, him trying to get Bryce to stop at the, stop the count at nine so that he can get back in the ring, but Bryce doing it and the fans being so into it. And his overreaction and, and Spears's and and it all works because wins and losses matter in uh, AEW, which somebody else I saw on Reddit was saying that they hope that now it's almost like with now Sean Dean has won 
two times over MJF. They kind of want to tie in where MJF needs Sean Dean to keep winning matches so that it's like it becomes more of a, a quality loss for him. Oh, yeah. So sure. I would love to see that 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 kind of stuff play out. But it was very fun. Enjoyed it. Um, I love Wardlow. And God, I, I want to look as good in a shirt as he does one day. Mike, like just Fill it up. that that AEW polo, man, he was just I think was he wearing a polo or was he wearing a shirt? I don't it was even like remember a, at this it was point. A shirt. It was very tight. Yeah, he was the arms there. Yeah. Juice to the gills. And but it's uh, all natural. Just, yeah. Oh, a lot of beef. Lot but of beef. uh we're gonna see a lot of beef this very, week with uh him and the butcher. Two big boy beefs. Big beef boys. Yeah. Yeah, which I I uh I, I think that they need to start giving the butcher some wins on on television a little bit more because it it doesn't seem like a very scary yeah. proposition to say, hey, you're going to face this guy that lost a lot of matches for the for the Hardy family office. Doesn't know what to do with his hands when he gets right up in the front of the camera. What the hell was that little? What was that little like? Yeah, the peace sign to his chin. That, yeah. I think Chris texted. He goes, speaking of cringe. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, definitely looking forward to that. But uh, please tell me what uh, your moment was. Mine was Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky's post Battle of the Belts promo. Did you happen to see that? I didn't see this, so I'm glad you're bringing it up. So I think it only made it on uh, on like the AEW kind of socials, okay. which is a real shame because it was awesome. So it starts with Ethan Page; his head is still bleeding, and he's cutting a promo and saying. Uh, you guys only ever interview. He's like, we win match after match after match after match. You only interview us when we lose. Why is that? I'm sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of Sammy Guevara. He's like, I don't just want him to know to not be champion. I want him out of this company and just cutting a promo on him saying, you know, you say you don't care about me. You don't care about my family. Well, that's clear uh, because I make my money off of this face, which uh, just shout out to friend of the show, Ethan Page, because uh, many years ago, I I yelled, I love you, Ethan, in the middle of a match. And he stopped the match to say that he loved me back. So acknowledgement is key. Yes. Um, I, I, I enjoy, that's my love language is, uh, Ethan Page saying he loves me. So, um, I, I just thought it was a, a really good promo and I don't know if they're going down the route of that being a double turn. Um, but Dan Lambert was actually kind of weirdly like calm and was like kind of reassuring to the team after that. And Scorpio sky cut a really nice, you know, about, uh, 25, 30 second promo as well after Ethan spoke and then Paige Van Zandt said, uh, you know, Ty Conti, you're not ready to face me essentially, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I, I thought overall Ethan was the star of that. And I think most of us have seen Ethan as the person that should be the breakout between, uh, the men of the year. I'm, I'm happy that Scorpio got a chance to run with a title. I don't think he got a very good title run, but, um, excited to see where they go with this because, I, I think that men of the year need a change and Ethan page is somebody that I think a lot of people actually probably want to cheer. Um, totally. Yeah. So, uh, I know you didn't see it. So do you have any, any kind of other thoughts to share? Um, kind of just, I mean, I think anyone who's gone to an evolve show or, uh, maybe TNA impact tapings would definitely love Ethan page to kind of separate from men of the year. I think he's such a fantastic speaker, wrestler, got a great physique now um and then i mean hopefully one day total body guy we hopefully one day see a a reuniting of the there i can't remember their tag team name the north the north uh, josh alexander that'd be great to see him come over to aew and them just them and uh red dragon going against each other fantastic ftr 
fantastic. But uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to check that out now because, I mean, I hope something good happens for Scorpio Sky, but I kind of just see his time kind of coming to an end after uh, SoCal Uncensored ended. There's nothing really, there's too many good wrestlers to try and prop up a, a local indie legend or whatever you might call him. I don't know. I don't want to take, speak bad on him, but it's just, yeah, there's better. Yeah, and uh, for those of you who have not seen, um, if you've ever seen, have you ever seen The Rock when he does his like cheat days, Sean? Oh, like his Instagram post of yeah, yeah. crazy, yeah, yeah. So Ethan Page does the same thing. Like he'll he'll <laughs> do course. a vlog when he cheat when he does like a cheat day. Go out of your way to find one of those on YouTube. It's he, just a stoner's dream. Like, like it almost just makes me want to get in just ridiculous shape, like the best shape I've ever gotten in, just so I could gain it all back. Eating <laughs> the way he does deal. for a day, yeah, he just—it's incredible. So, uh-huh. uh, shout out to Ethan Page. Um, we love you. Let's move on. Yes, we love you. I know he's probably saying it back right now. Dude, we just can't hear it. Although he's in it. Michigan now. No, hey, he lives in Michigan. So we got good water. Gross point. We did. Oh, we'll keep you safe. Got, we might have better water. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, well, let's move on to our news of the week. Uh, you and I, we are on the same page here. Um, yes. you know, it's rumors uh, of the week. Yeah. Yeah. True. Who but, knows? Uh, it seems like, I don't know if you saw, there was a report today too, where it was like, I think Meltz said, uh, yeah. he asked about it and they didn't deny it. So, so that tells you everything you need to know. There's smoke, there's fire. So, he says, so, uh, why don't you let the people know? Yeah. There's just a, a rumored AEW and JPW kind of super mega show. I don't know what they're going to call it. Uh, I don't know how big it can be with the initial set date is like a Thursday in June. So it's kind of a weird timing. I don't know if that's going to actually happen, but I mean, this, this will be huge. This will definitely see some, some uh, new Japan stars come over and then hopefully we will see uh, what you were kind of hoping for last week with G1 starting on some AEW shows or rampage or something like that. That would just, Break that wall down completely and let's lock arms and unite around the world in wrestling. What do you think? Well, what's wild about the rumor is that Thursday is the Thursday before the Detroit show. It's like June 23rd oh. or something like that. So it's like, well, you're boys. already coming. LCA is a, it's a, it's a large, that's a full arena. That's not a, uh, I think they've right now they've sold like 9,000 tickets and they can fit about uh, 11,000. So that'd be sweet. Well, I will personally Uber uh, like seven wrestlers in my car from Chicago to Detroit. If that's what's needed. We have, we have references. Ask uh, Matt Riddle. Um, yep. We have, we have, we take, took great care of him in We're the cool past. Guys. So. We're cool guys. We, I think that that <laughs> couple of baddies for sure. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely very excited about it. I think that, this is something that we've been thinking about since the day that there was even rumors about AEW. And then originally there seemed to be a little bit of a rub between new Japan and AEW because a lot of new Japan people Stars. left for AEW. But fortunately for us, new Japan kind of took a little bit of a hit and I think they're a little desperate. So, and that's why where we can get uh, a chance to see some of the matchups we've always wanted to see. Obviously the first thing you think about is hearing, hearing uh, the rainmakers uh, coin drop hit. Oh yeah. Uh, that would be incredible. Um, you know, getting to see Shingo come to the U S and, uh, I think he recently, uh, he recently just talked about how he's, um, he previously faced, uh, Brian Danielson, uh, back, back when he got released. Do you remember when he got like fired from WWE briefly in like 2010? Um, yeah. Justin Roberts, Justin Roberts. 
Yeah. I think it was, I thought it was cool. I thought that's why he like hated him so much. Or no, mm. or was it uh who's that one goober from Impact? Uh I'm not even gonna oh, feel like just no Justin Roberts. Something Matthews. Striker? Oh no. Oh Justin Matthews. No. That I doesn't someone, feel right. I think like JBL shit in his bag or something. <laughs> um Josh Matthews. There we go. That was it. Justin, close enough. Close. Um but when he got fired, he did face Shingo at Ooh. one point briefly. And Shingo mentioned on commentary, I guess, last week that he would like to do that again. So Ooh, that'd be let's great. run that back. Give us the uh, Dragon versus Dragon. You know that, what I'm saying? So Even uh, Blackpool Combat Club versus LIJ. A little, that'd be a great little three-way tag. Would love to see that. Um, yeah, this will just be fantastic. Uh, I think there's... The only thing that sucks that we probably won't see is Kenny Omega and uh, Kota Ibushi coming face to face for the first time in a while. If he's still out. Truly. Yeah. I actually kind of have forgotten about Kenny, which it's is crazy. It's almost exciting. It's almost exciting because that means when he comes back, it's just going to be, you're going to amazing. Yeah. Your mind's completely forgotten. And all of a sudden that hopefully it's a new intro because that intro is way too long, but him coming out would be great. Eternal sunshine of the, Kenny Omegalus mind. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that, that is the rumor right now. Um, there's a major announcement of some sort coming right from uh, Tony yeah. Khan. So I'd like to think. throw, I'd like to throw my HBO max hat in the ring as well. Um, Cause I'm, I know the time that I don't do it is going to be the time that that's the that'd, announcement. That'd be perfect. So. I'd, I'd go off my curb your enthusiasm binge to hit that. So I would, I would love to watch the AEW and curb at the same time. Absolutely. And, uh, Let's go from talking about things we're excited about and love to uh, things we hate. Yeah. Um, Chris isn't here to say it, but of course, Battle of the Belts didn't really happen to be what we all wanted it to be, at least me and him. And I think the TNT title match that started it off was just the biggest cringe I really want to talk about this week. Uh, back and forth title swaps. It's kind of cheapening the the title there, especially when it's going back and forth to Sammy Guevara. And we're going to see probably more picks having sex on it or whatever kind of bodily fluids he drips on it. Um, I can't see why you have Paige Van Zant come out. And after you touted her being a huge MMA bare knuckle boxer fighter, uh, badass to then like basically getting beaten up by Ty Conti. She definitely didn't seem like she came out the, uh, the winner in the scuffle there. Uh, we have Sammy Guevara kind of going to heel tendencies to, to win the, the, all the fuckery at the end kind of just didn't lead to what should have been a a match on the Battle of the Belt paper pay per view or a special Saturday night event. Just it fell short of what uh, we kind of hoped Battle of the Belts would be. So the first one wasn't that great either, so we maybe should have known. But they're just kind of happy thoughts of what it could be, kind of what we heard wrestling was back in the day before our generation of Saturday night main event or any of those cool. Saturday night, Saturday shows or Sunday morning shows for the kids, but just wasn't a huge fan. Um, there was a good match with the Jonathan Gresham and uh, Dalton Castle. It was fun to see, but I wasn't really happy with the ending of the week of wrestling. So any, any comment on it? Yeah. First of all, the hot potatoing of the TNT title essentially since Miro lost it back in September, October has been awful. Um, Especially going, so it went Sammy, Cody, Sammy, 
because he's sick, then we have two titles. Then we right. had two titles, and then Scorpio Sky, now Sammy again. And even Cody having it, like, I was ready to be done with him having the TNT title when he won it last time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that uh, it's been the way that they have handled it has gotten progressively worse. And I don't know exactly what the reasoning is for the way that they've been booking it. I think there's a lot of guys that are ready for a title run that they are just kind of forgetting about. So totally. Um, you know, first of all, we think about an yeah, like an Ethan Page, but like there's plenty of other guys that uh, really could could do something with that belt that would be intriguing, uh, or even Scorpio Sky. Give him like an actual run with it. I mean, yeah. who did he did he even face anyone other than Sammy for the? He definitely had a. Oh, defense. he faced Wardlow, right? Because yep. yep. But that I don't even count that because that was you know that was okay. really to tell a different story, right? That wasn't exactly. even about his match. So, um. I, I just I don't understand the need to keep putting on the, the title on him. And I think that part of the reason I enjoyed the Ethan Page promo was because while it was in character, everything he said, I agreed with in terms of, how, you know, how he feels about Sammy and how he doesn't really want him in the company more. That's how I feel about Sammy. I know that they're turn, they kind of turned him heel and we'll see if that helps things a little bit. But I just I I don't. It's like how I don't think that Sammy uh, Sammy Zayn is a good heel. I think Sammy Zayn treats being a heel like, oh, I just have to be annoying, and that's what it feels like. <laughs> Sammy Guevara kind of does too. Totally. And um, yeah, I I just don't I don't need any more of him. Yeah, uh, he's become insufferable. It's a character of just I'm I'm crazy, and I'm going to say something that's outrageous, and you might not like it, but. You just don't have the face for that. You you should just kind of almost be like that forever kid who just you do stupid stuff like diving, doing a four fifty off the tallest ladder or something. Keep that character, but don't try and be this cocky, arrogant badass when you just you don't really fit the mold. And just kind of reminded me of it with what you just said about how he really kind of tore uh, Sammy to shreds. Ethan Page also is just a fantastic person at building the heat in the feud. You feel like he really hate, hated Darby Allen back in the day with their evolved matches and when they brought it over mm-hmm. to AEW. He has that great way of just kind of really being very pointed with his heat towards who he's going at. So you're just getting me more and more uh, antsy to watch this little promo once we get off here. Yeah, I, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. And and one last thing on the uh, kind of the, the Sammy thing is I just I don't want like, I don't like that he's kind of hung on a little bit to the inner circle. Like sometimes he still has the jacket yeah. and some other stuff like it's it's very similar to Roman. Hey, stop coming out to the shield theme, right? Like let's, sure. let's start dressing. And I'm glad that they did that with Roman that that changed. He felt presented when we saw him at WrestleMania way different. It didn't feel like it didn't feel like a guy who wasn't over his breakup three years later. (laughs) So totally. um, And then just the rest of battle of the belts. I I think that the sentiment seems to be, and I don't disagree with it from anybody that it continues to be treated like an afterthought. Uh, First of all, I didn't even really know what the matches were going to be for it until Wednesday night. Yeah. And you know, I, I thought Nyla and, and Thunder Rosa was fine, but like even the build up to that was kind of goofy. Garbage, and yeah. I mean, to be honest, the, the women's title hasn't really meant anything since uh, the DMD dropped it. And I, I uh, 
I think that they need to fix that, especially with the way that things are going with um, the Jade stuff. So that's another thing that Chris kind of brought up in, in a message to us is the fact that really that Marina Shafir debut on Dynamite didn't really feel like something that made her seem like a star at all. It kind of seemed botched. They cared more about the baddies, which totally. once again, if us three were in that section, maybe it makes sense. Put us on camera. You, you couldn't but, take the camera off us. <laughs> yeah, it would, it would have just been us reacting. But <laughs> Um, but it just, they didn't do a good job and it was kind of a sloppy little match that they had. I didn't think that there was anything that made Marina look special, which sucks because Chris has been all about Marina Shafir very much. Uh, and I think that he, he lost a lot of kind of steam towards the way that he was, uh, feeling towards her as, as a potential star, you know, with that. And I, I think we enjoyed seeing her at Bloodsport too, but, um, let's move on to, uh, my cringe which was the debut of uh, Satnam Singh. Uh, so after my match of the week, Samoa Joe versus Minoru Suzuki, the only saving grace is this technically happened during the overage time uh, of the match. So it technically, like in my mind, it didn't happen during Dynamite. It happened post-Dynamite. Uh, during NCIS so- or whatever the hell. <laughs> exactly. This isn't USA. I don't fuck. I, yeah, I, I, probably Big Bang Theory, let's um, be honest. The Accountant, Ben, ben Affleck <laughs> movie, more than likely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, or what was that? What's that Denzel movie? Um, the equalizer, uh, the equalizer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Satnam Singh, his debut. I hate when they debut, like I hate in wrestling, the seven foot five guy who uh, is missing knees, the NBA um, athlete. Yeah. And like, it just, it didn't make any sense the way that they had the lights come off and then pop back on. Because first of all, you, the way that, that happened, it would imply that those lights were going off to be protecting Samoa Joe, not to attack him. Right. Because it was as Jay lethal and Sanjay Dutt were kind of cutting their promo and like, you know, you clearly about to attack Samoa Joe. So those lights hitting at that point would imply that that was actually backup for Joe. So that made me obviously immediately think, uh, Claudio Castagnoli, AKA Cesaro, but no, Ooh. instead we get uh, Satnam Singh, who his hit, he didn't really connect on any of his hits there. Um, nobody knew who he was, which is weird for the crowd there live, right? Like at yeah. least we were able to hear on commentary them saying who it was, but made no sense. There was no uh, context for the fans there, and it just really fell flat. And it's like that's the first time that we've gone to like having overage on a dynamite, and that's the time that they did it. Right. I think that they they could have done it better. And I saw Tony Khan reacting and, and kind of defending it. Um, you know, he also took a little bit of ownership, but I, I don't even see why they would have thought that that was a good idea. Totally. Yeah. Uh, at least he kind of took some ownership up ownership of it, but still, still kind of felt like he passed the buck a little bit. You can't tease and have, uh, I don't know if you put it out to Meltzer first and he kind of tells the world, like definitely set your recordings long because this is going to, go long and it's going to be something you want to see. And this is what we get. There's, there's too many people now too, who have, who turn the lights off and then appear to, to use that as a new thing for everyone. It kind of cheapens it when Malachi black and the house of black come out. I don't, what am I supposed to expect? And there's, there's Penta, Skiro, there's everyone. Um, Friend of the show, Scott uh, brought this up. He kind of had the whole setting up the, another company's storyline, especially at the end of your show kind of doesn't seem right shouldn't be doing that when you're you got your main primetime 
uh, show your spotlight hour and you show that makes no sense. Uh, it doesn't do any favors for the guy. He's going to already be just down in the dumps. He's got to try and get him up and heat him up for, for, I don't know what, I don't know what you do with him. Just have him be a heater outside the ring for what will be a good Jay lethal and Samoa Joe match. If you don't let it get fucked up with interference from Dutt and him. So I don't, I don't, I don't see a lot coming out of this that's going to go well. But I, hopefully, we just get a good, clean match out of it eventually between the two. Yep, and um, just he, I, I don't understand, especially in AEW, and it seems like the average wrestler is shorter than the average wrestler in WWE. Like, how can you justify Singh ever losing a match? Really, at this point, especially yeah. against like, a, did you see him like standing next to Jonathan Gresham? Oh my god! Just, yeah. The Twitter definitely had a field day with that. Yeah, but I will give him credit. I I liked the way that he appeared at Battle of the Belts, uh, storming down, coming the out, yeah, coming yeah. out, uh, choke slamming both of the boys, yeah. and then attacking Gresh, um, attacking you know Dalton Castle doing a suicide dive out. I thought that that showed that showcased a lot better of what he's capable of than the this the, the dynamite after the Samoa Joe match. So totally we'll see how it goes. I'm just not a fan of the I, I think it's a trope that we could be done with in wrestling and it felt very uh very WWE. I think uh I saw some people say it started as an AEW show, ended as a Ring of Honor show, and then <laughs> really ended as a WWE show. That's good. Um yeah. And uh, I don't really have anywhere else to put this, so I just want to say it was really cool to see Dalton Castle on AEW television oh, yeah. or national television. I think that he's somebody that I know he's had some injuries, and I think that it, it really oh. hurt his momentum in his career. And um, but he's he's got so much uh, charisma, and you know he's a he's a peacock. You got to let yeah. him fly out there. And, oh yeah. Uh, I don't know that I want him to be in AEW long term. Or even, I mean, if he wants to stay in Ring of Honor, that's fine. Um, but it was cool to get to see Dalton out there and see the boys with him. I uh, I would definitely love to see him in AEW. I think his character would just do great and just flash by moments and backstage. You could have had great moments back in the day, probably with him and um, Sunny Kiss, just back yeah. and forth. The, he's such a uh, a flamboyant character yes. that is. He does it flawlessly, the the looks, the hand gestures and adding the boys and like the human chairs and everything they do for him. It's it's great. Yeah. Or what about like him with uh, him with Dustin, you know, doing some gold dust oh, type stuff that could, yeah. that could actually be pretty cool. Where so. he kind of almost takes the role of like uh, Booker T in their book dust where he's just <laughs> like, what the hell's wrong with you? But he's just extra. <laughs> yeah. that, that'd be cool. I'd like that, but uh, let's let's move away from the cringe because uh, there's a lot more that we could have talked about. We ended um, up laughing, so we we turned around yeah. the cringe. We we got to look go. on the bright side. What's and, the uh, So let's let's move to our anticipation, Sean. What do you got? Um, I'm looking forward to what's going to be the Capital Collision show coming up for uh, New Japan. We uh, Windy City Riot came out uh, on Saturday. That was also another little cringe they had to pay for it even though you have new japan world you got to pay for a pay-per-view on there it made no sense to me but uh it'll soon be on on the uh the on demand there's just a ton of great matches already announced for it we've got um john moxley versus uh tanahashi suzuki versus brody king eddie kingston versus ishii just dream match. this is basically almost the the new japan aew show 
colliding right here. So uh, hopefully this will just be straight up on New Japan. We won't have to pay $29.99 to see it live, but great matches to start. And then hopefully it kind of just really we get that blood pumping for what will be the, the summer of the G1 and uh, we'll have a good G1 this year. So. Looking, yeah, looking forward to it for sure. And, you know, I, I, we talked about it, like I would have wanted to go to this show if we didn't go to WrestleMania right beforehand. Um, and it would have been fun to sit front row. Did you see any highlights from the match, by the way, the Osprey Moxley match? The only thing that I saw was the, uh, the reuniting of, uh, Mox and Shooter. That's, oh, and the Shooter baby, the elbow, the, the diving out of the ring elbow over yes. the table. Oh my that God. Was- insane are they okay was there something like uh, about it i feel like i saw people kind of commenting on twitter but it looked it, gnarly. it did not yeah it did not look good and um credit to osprey because that was an insane distance I, just watching the setup i think that there's very few things as a wrestling fan at this point that like make me like kind of like tighten my body and like not like i'm like I, i'm uncomfortable with the idea of it sure and that was one seeing that and it wasn't anything it wasn't like he was doing a uh a backflip off of hell in a cell onto like a thing of spikes like it was a very basic move but how far he was jumping and onto the table absolutely crazy um so so i i I didn't see the whole match i just saw that that highlight but i think uh, may 5th or 4th cinco de mayo maybe it uh it'll be on the on demand so we can watch it whenever awesome love it um good and then um my my anticipation uh, originally had it as Dustin versus Punk this week because that that's going to be an exciting match. But then I remembered that uh, Hook will be debuting on Dynamite, so we'll get a live version of Hook. Finally, uh, yeah, and I'm not sure who will be debuting against. My my concern is that it'll just be a kind of no namer type of a thing. Um, I want to see it to be a, like a true showcase. I think we've gotten enough of Hook dominating QT Marshall or his, uh, you know, his minions. So I want to see like an actual hook match at this point. And I'm hoping that that's what it means with it being on dynamite, but it's good that it means that they at least see him as ready for that next step. So that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Totally. Yeah. Now I'm really wondering who they're going to put him up against. I wonder, you kind of hope it's not like another Fuego del Sol match or, um, I don't even know, maybe like Lee Moriarty. That'd be cool. Um, but there's a little too many people that, that are hot and you don't want to put off with another hot wrestler. So I don't know, but possibilities are endless, but it's definitely going to be a hot match. And finally getting to hear that action Bronson on live television. Mm-mm-mm. Fuck that's delicious, baby. <laughs> um, there is one other anticipation and it's actually Uh-oh. for next week's episode. Uh-oh. So uh, we've pun- made the dese- executive decision on, sh- uh, Sean's punishment for the punishment uh, masters out of town. So we can't, uh, do it to, uh, today. Thankfully the punisher, Chris. Yeah. The, that's the what actually, <laughs> uh, but, uh, so we made the executive decision prior to this show, um, that next week we are going to have Sean beatbox and sing the intro and outro to, uh, the wrestling elitist podcast. So definitely look out for that. And don't share, maybe don't share that episode with your friends because that would be an awful way for them to. It's probably going to be great. I, uh, I can beatbox a little bit. Well, I got a week to practice too. I'll have this thing down. I hope no, you learn how yeah. to auto tune in that time. Uh, yeah, this is a good <laughs> mic. 
but we have uh we so i know our our female demographic will be upset uh this week um i was told that we would get downgraded to uh four stars on the podcast if uh, Sean did not sing, but hopefully next week's uh, intro and outro will make that better. The worth the the wait is worth it, definitely. So please, please keep it five stars. See us next week, and you'll it's a, it's a twofer. You're gonna get it two times, so double the laughs. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe it'll go so well that it'll become the the new intro and outro. Thanks. So, well, uh, that'll wrap up the show for this week. Once again, please make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at Wrestling Elitist Podcast. Visit us at WrestlingElitist.com for our latest match reviews and articles. And please help support the show by giving us a five-star review wherever you stream your podcasts. Uh, make sure you share it with your friends that are also wrestling fans. Rick Rude, take us home. Hit the music!